For the last couple of years, we've heard rumors and speculation and timelines about Apple releasing a successor to the iPhone SE, which it released about four years ago. Today, Jason, that day has finally come, and we have the 2020 version of Apple's iPhone SE. I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Perlow, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Jason, what do we know about the new phone? We know everything about this phone because we've been screaming to have this phone for like a year. Yeah, it's been at least two years. Yeah, I mean, we got pretty much exactly what we asked for. At least the tech media asked for this phone. I asked for this phone in January of 2019. All right, I wanted, uh, you know, an iPhone 8 with an updated chip. And that's Done. That's for 400 bucks. Guess what we got? An iPhone 8 with an updated chip for 400 bucks. And not just an updated chip, the same exact ATC yes. Bionic that is used in the iPhone 11 series and 11 Pro. That is insane that Apple actually went ahead and used the current chip and what it's essentially. Right, so they, they, gave, they, gave us, they gave us a Corvette engine right. in, a, in, a, in, 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 a, in a base model commuter car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. what they did. Yeah. It's crazy. I cannot wait to see what the performance is like on this thing. So it's a 4.7 inch display, uh, has a home button with Touch ID. It's the second version of Touch ID. So it should be just as fast as it was on the iPhone 8, which has now been discontinued. Right. Uh, and so this fills in that slot nicely. Like you said, $399 starting price point for 64 gigabytes of storage. There are 128 gigabyte version as well as a 256 gigabyte version for 449 and 549 respectively. This is the iPhone every parent wanted to buy for their teenagers. Absolutely. I, yeah, I mean, this is, now I don't want to get carried away here, but it's almost a disposable iPhone, right? When you're paying eight, nine, 12, $1,400 for the iPhone 11 or 11 Pro, a $400 iPhone feels very disposable. Yeah, but I would have wanted to have bought one of these $400 iPhones for my wife. I, I bought her, she's on the upgrade program, she's on an, a regular 11, which is overkill for what she uses it for. She mostly does selfies, she doesn't do heavy duty, you know, photography. I mean, I have a pro because I use all three of those lenses for food photography and stuff, especially restaurant photography when we had restaurants, right? Uh, now I'm doing mostly, you know, food porn at home. But that single lens camera, should be more than good enough for 90% of the consumer use cases out there, really, yeah. honestly. Yeah, the camera now. is the only mystery right now. Going down the spec sheet, we see it has a 12 megapixel camera with an f-stop of 1.8. But we don't know is whether or not that sensor is from an older iPhone or is something that they developed brand new for the iPhone. Uh, Jason, I don't think they developed any new parts on this I, thing. This was an accelerated design. You, they use basically, I mean, I didn't, I haven't looked, inspected one of these devices, but it looks almost exactly like the iPhone 8 casing. Yeah. It looks like they used almost an identical display to the iPhone 8. And it looks like they shoved the XR camera, the 10R camera in, into this device. Yeah, I'd agree with you 100%. They, they didn't go and reinvent the wheel on anything here. They took parts and pieces from products that they were already making in their lineup, and they made a modern 
smaller iPhone, which is something a lot of people have been asking for, but more importantly, it hits that $399 price point. It's a boring, unsexy iPhone, which is exactly what they needed a year ago. But now nobody has any money to buy anything. Yeah, right now it's, you know, it's a weird time to launch any sort of product. You know, they just launched the $1,000 iPad a couple weeks ago, and now we have a $400 iPhone. It's a, it's a very weird time to be launching stuff when we have people filing for unemployment and everything going on with the economic issues. Uh, but that said, a $400 price point for a new phone is also appealing in times like it, these, right? A massive disruption to the smartphone market, okay? Because let's take a look at what we're competing with here. So I know you love Androids. Look, I love Android. But the Android phones that are on the market right now, I mean, if you compare the A13 Bionic Core to what is shipping and stuff at the $400 price range by the major manufacturers, and I'm not talking the OnePluses, the ZTs, the off-brands, you know, that are using, you know, Qualcomm 855s. I don't know of any Qualcomm 865 phones that are 400 bucks, no. okay? And the A13 is way, way more powerful than the top-of-the-line Qualcomm chip. Yeah, there's there's going to be no comparison in, in game performance, anything well, okay battery life, battery life in this thing is gonna, i cannot wait to see what those so so, so i mean and when they bench the when they bench this phone against the s the, the s20s and of the world um it's gonna be a ridiculous contest it's not even it's not even gonna be it's not even gonna be close to fair okay yeah, so, so yeah from, from an, and from an application ecosystem standpoint listen it's gonna come down to do you want that big screen do you want the super, all the super special cameras? Um, or do you want the, the best application ecosystem and best possible device performance you can possibly have out of, out of something that cheap? And I think um, that as long as you are not wed to an ecosystem, in other words, you haven't bought a gazillion Android applications, right? And also they're not services that you're paying for like Spotify or whatever that, that can be moved across platforms. Right. right? then I think that this is a very easy decision to make. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, Unless you so, absolutely hate Apple. Yeah, I, well, there, and there is that whole contingent, right, of people who hate Apple and it doesn't matter how cheap the iPhone gets, they'll yeah. never use one. In Samsung's defense, they just announced, I think, six different Galaxy A-series phones. Oh, wow, range, did they really? Wow. Yeah, which they range in price from 110 to, I think, $600 on the high end for the A51 and A71 which have 5G technology in it. But there are some A51 models right in that $400 range, like this iPhone SE, that, Jason, I'll tell you, they provide a very similar experience to the Galaxy S20 series, much in the way that the iPhone SE does with the iPhone 11 or 11 Pro. So there's competition there. I don't think this is, quote unquote, a nail in the coffin for Android or anything like that. But I do think it, it actually puts some pressure on the Samsungs and OnePluses and LG even uh, of the world to compete at a more spec driven pace, but at a lower price with, with Apple and the iPhone. I, I think there's definitely some volumetric advantages Samsung has to the production and how they deal with carriers. So you may see carriers giving away a lot of these low end Samsung phones. And of course, free is gonna be better than $400. Yeah. Um, although if you look at the upgrade costs, qualified upgrade costs on, on this new SE, what was it like 239 or something like that? Like 229 with the eligible trade in an iPhone for $229. is. That's yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, 
it's really going to depend as to what the carriers start doing with promotions now. Um, and a lot of people, honestly, you know, if you're stuck at home, how much, how much mobile data are stuff are you going to be doing in a carrier? So it's like, uh, you know, AT&T, I've got, you know, Wi-Fi over internet with my iPhone with, with Wi-Fi calling. Um, so, I mean, it, it, people are going to start looking at their plans and things like that. It's going to be a lot of weird math going on in the next year or so. I can tell yeah, you that. I agree, I agree so, which ties into services, right? Yes. So Apple didn't announce anything today as far as services, but no. I do think that, I mean, if this thing, if this COVID-19 social distancing thing goes much longer and, and we have, you know, scientists that are saying that some form of this is going to have to continue for the next year. It's, this is not stopping this summer. You know, it, it'll be yeah. another 18 months possibly before we have a vaccine or, and even if we have better treatments for this thing, this could go for a while um, in some form. I mean, I don't know if we're all going to be stuck at home all the time, but there's going to be changes to the way, you know, we're going to interact with public and, and whatnot. Um, people are going to be spending more time at home. And if we look at what the, it costs for us to subscribe to all these subscriber services, right? I mean, you've got uh, iTunes, you've got Apple Music, you've got I, iCloud, you've got Apple Arcade, you've got Apple TV Plus for those people that didn't get it for free. You, you know, so you have all these things. By the time you're done, you're at like, I don't know, 25 to $40 a month on Apple stuff. Okay. Yeah, just not counting the cost of the phone. Right. So you're, 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 you're going to be 400 bucks a year plus on Apple services if you choose to eat all those things. So I think what Apple is going to have to end up doing is bundling all these services into an easily consumable, easily writable off cost. Let's call it, you know, for the base level of service, I don't know, hundred bucks a year. Right. And that'll have all you can, a certain amount of all you can eat content very much the same way Amazon Prime does this with their subscribers as well. I think this service has to come, especially when you start talking about the services that they have that people aren't adopting very well, like Apple News Plus, um, Apple TV Plus. Um, and I don't know how well ebooks, Apple Books does and, and some of their other services do relative to, you know, Apple Music, which is obviously their biggest moneymaker next to Apple Movies. And, and guess what? There's no movie theaters, right? Mm -hmm. right? So, so, I mean, Apple has a captive audience where they can deal with their content partners and say, hey, look, you're, you're, not, you're not getting people into seats in movie theaters. Let's start getting people to consume your content. Maybe you might not be able to charge $20 a head, right, for a rental, but maybe we can get, you know, five, $10, $10 a rental or something if we bundle it in with this, this service promotion. Now, there's going to be all sorts of games they're going to play with promotions and upcharges and premiums and like, you know, base subscription levels versus, in, they can do a lot of stuff with that, especially if they start using Apple Card as the vehicle to charge for these things and yeah. then using the, the daily, the, the, the daily uh, rewards that Apple Card gets in terms of cash, you can feed that right back into the system without even leaving the Apple ecosystem. So I think it's gonna happen. I just, the question is, is it's gonna happen like now or is it gonna happen before summer, you know, in summertime? I mean, they. It's, it's not a, a difficult product for them to design and get implemented. You yeah, know, there's been rumors of them bundling services around. together, but are you suggesting they bundle services along with the phone? I'm suggesting that, that well, first of all, for new, certain qualified purchases, so anyone who's got an Apple Card and is spending a certain amount of money per month, I've already moved to Apple Card as my primary 
my primary uh, purchasing mechanism. And I spend at least $1,000 a month. So those customers that are spending decent amount of money, that that's that's that service charge can be refunded at the end of the year, pro, you know, prorated based on on your your consumption. If you spent a thousand dollars on an iPad, you should be given that service for the first year away. Or maybe you just bought a MacBook, they should be given something like that away as a way to spur product adopt. Now I don't know if they want to necessarily do that with a four hundred dollar you know SE. They could. Especially if you bought it, buy it with with with, a, with an Apple card, you know. Or, so there's a lot of things they can do. Um, you know, I, I again, it, it's it's up to their services people and their and their and their and their, you know, their retail uh, division to and their service and you know to put their heads together and say, hey, what are we making now on these services? Can we take a loss on X for the next year in order to just to keep people sucked into that system? Well, and what, another way they could approach it is, you know, X dollars a month, you get a phone included with that as well, instead yes. of having to buy the phone separately, um, which I think would be an interesting way to approach it right now with the uncertainty that we're facing. Uh, but a, a Amazon Prime, Apple Prime type of setup makes a ton of sense, uh, especially with the expanded services that they have. And, and at the rate their services continue to grow, in uh, subscriptions. I honestly think, Jason, that that is the product of the year for Apple. Not any of this hardware junk. It's going to yeah. be the, the expansion of their services ecosystem, which is really going to, I think, would take off, especially, you know, they're competing with the Netflixes of the world, the the Amazons in terms of, I mean, HBO has got some good shows on that I like to watch. But quite frankly, Apple has such a huge content portfolio with, with, with iTunes videos that, that, that it, if they made the right arrangements with their content partners, um, no one would need any other service besides that one for the most part. Yeah, I agree with you. I, it'll be interesting to see how the company transitions from being a device first company to a services first company where the hardware just complements their services instead of being the opposite way. Uh, I, it'll, it'll be an interesting few years, I think, as they make that transition, especially this year when we're all forced to use more services than we probably have before. Yep. So yeah, like I said, you know, we we got we got our boring phone. We got our wish. We asked for it, mo you know, for a year. Finally came. Yep. But now what? Yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on one. Uh, hopefully that happens sooner than later. The phone actually goes uh, on sale this Friday, April seventeenth, for pre-orders and begins shipping April twenty-fourth. Starts at three ninety-nine, like we said earlier, which is a killer deal for as much phone as you're getting at that price point. It's been fun talking to you today, Jason. Thanks to everyone who's been watching and listening to us. Uh, this is Jason Squared. I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlow. Make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com.